What is up, everybody? We are back. Welcome back to the Roblox Podcast, presented by the Roblox Podcast. I'm Cap. I almost said I'm Coop. We could have been an upgrade. I'm here with the boys, Andy and Coop. Boys, Andy and Coop, how are we? I'd say we're having a pretty fucking good day. I mean, I'm I, I'm sitting. I was just sitting here before we started recording, watching the UConn women play in their final four matchup. They were losing six to nine, so I'm going to assume that trend stuck. So congratulations, Sean Miller and the Arizona Wildcats on your national championship appearance. W. Wow. Yeah, congrats, Sean. That's a huge thing to be able to beat UConn's women's team with your men's team. That's that is a big accomplishment and truly a a, a historic day. You guys can't see it at home, but Coop is coming in with the or the around the horn background with Woody Page and the chalkboard in the back. I'm digging that, Coop. I will not be giving you any points down. I definitely don't see that as a possibility today. The only thing I'm concerned about, you can see Woody right behind me, and I kind of feel like Woody, Woody poking my lower regions right now. You know what I mean? He says something about going around the horn tonight, but yikes. <laughs> He's got a Woody, all right. Yeah, yeah that's how he got the name. For source. <laughs> You think basic dick jokes are cool? Yes. Well, yes. I'm on the Roblox podcast. Of course, of course I do. Of course. Yeah, we all the love it. That's what brings day. us together. We're going to be jumping straight into some Xavier stuff. Obviously, huge, huge news in Xavier land. We're trying to play with the format here a little bit, but I think we would be disingenuous if we didn't jump right into that because I just have to talk about it. Uh, we're going to talk about snowpening day. I'm going to leave that one to the boys. I'm not going to be getting into that much. And then a bunch of college troops topics. We got Mick. We've got UC fans claiming another stupid W uh, for a, an old coach making the final four uh, and Bill self finessing everyone getting the lifetime contract as well as our, our, as well as our final four thoughts. And I think Andy's going to talk some shit as well. Um, boys, I'm excited for this one. Good to be back. Any final thoughts? Roma fucking muskies. Let's go. everyone welcome to the podcast i think we should probably just get right into it the biggest news of the day at least in roll blob land was obviously the paul scruggs news about so damn paul time scruggs, paul scruggs bit that is big damn time as mick would say thank you our friend of the program mick cronin um would say fifth year of paul scruggs and when he was coming in i would have bet the over under two and a half you know what i mean getting five years of paul scruggs is insane um man initial thoughts i mean holy shit that's uh, we hit the lottery there like um, he's already a thousand point scorer. He he's turned into a great facilitator as well, and a hell of a leader. And we get a fifth year of this guy, super senior Paul Scruggs with upper class and Fremantle, and a, and two of the most mature sophomores on the planet. We're looking we're we're looking at some big things in Muskyland. Big time things, Woody. I think it's a really cool thing thinking it's been five years I mean Paul Scruggs will be at Xavier longer than some presidents were in office 
and he didn't even have to get reelected. He was given a fifth year. He came back. And I mean, it's just kind of crazy if you think about the players he played with when he was a freshman and then the players that he's going to play with as a super senior. Like to say that they had a common yeah. uh, teammate. I mean, that's actually kind of crazy to think about already. Trayvon Blewett and Cesar Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Nuts. Elijah Tucker's Absolutely living the dream. Wild. Yeah. That and is, that's, would have yeah, bridging that really gap been is something nuts. if he bridged the gap from Chris Mack to Pat Kelsey. But, you know, cock had to come in and steal him. Uh, or call that a cock block. Yeah. Cock block over there. Good call. I, I went through like the the music or the uh, the sound effects so bad where like Tony Rally gives points because I just would have been mashing the <laughs> gives points button uh, that entire time. Um, Maybe we can find a little button that kind right. of makes that little bloop sound. Right. Yeah, I'd love that. That'd be great. And then the mute button for Andy would be also. Awesome. Oh, Andy can do it himself. Yeah, I know, but I, I want the control. I want that big control pad that he has. Um, but I think Lord, you have to go in the expectation of a top 15 team. I mean, at least top 20, in my opinion, with this roster. Um, but how can you not be excited? I mean, top six scorers returning. Um, I mean, you just have almost everything coming back from a team that was pretty fucking good before COVID. Um, and, I mean, just getting old and staying old is part of the game. But I think you have to have huge expectations with the returning unit we have. I would think so. Really, the only concern I have, I mean, I don't think we got much better defensively. Uh, so we're, we still have that aspect, but that offense should be should be rolling. But yeah, no, but yeah, guys who can spread the floor, spread it all around the floor, ping ponging that ball around the around the entire half court. We should be able to put up you know, 70, 75 points a game. It's going to be interesting to see how we adjust because you look at the individual pieces, piece by piece. You know, I'm looking at Dwan Odom, Colby Jones, Paul Scruggs, Nate Johnson. You look at all those pieces, and in my mind, they should be plus defenders, like every single one of them. I know Fremantle has some limitations, but I think more of it's mental and learning how to play 37, 38 minutes a game as opposed to seven. Um, so I think that's part of it. I'm going to be interested to see what they do to shore up the interior defense. So that's going to be another piece, uh, maybe sliding Fremantle at the forward stretches. I'm interested to see kind of how we navigate that because I think from a perimeter perspective, the defense should be pretty on point. It should be solid, but we got dominated on the inside. That's really the main concern. Yeah, the, uh, like, you know, Providence brings Watson and Horkler back. That's going to be a, be <laughs> a dog fight. <laughs> Bro, I, I swear, like, I think I was half asleep when that Horkler news came out. And then, like, it was just a perfect gift of, like, waking up from a night, uh, like, a nightmare with, like, Horkler coming back. Um, I'm, thank, I'm thankful that maybe that's why Carter left. I uh, just didn't want to have to face couldn't handle Couldn't handle Horkler one more year. One more year. <laughs> and that's Carter. why Paul came back is because David Duke left. Maybe yeah. also true. <laughs> I think the timing had a lot to do with it. He gets the tweet notification. He's like, all right, yeah, I'm posting this video, video out to the other one. <laughs> It, it was like in the office when um uh Michael had to put out two videos um to to either um calm himself down or or hype himself up uh when right. Holly when to find out if Holly was engaged or not. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I love it. Good news or bad news, celebrating or uh or being sad. I love it. But anyway, it's gonna be interesting to see what we do in, in the transfer market. We'll move along here and then get into more broad topics in a second. And, but also, it kind of sounds like, and this isn't a done deal, but it sounds like Jonas Hayes is probably staying put as well, um, which is huge news for the immediate future for sure. Especially with the fact that, I mean, we likely lose two recruit like our only two recruits, if we were to lose him, that's not only would we lose the state of Georgia, we would lose two guys we already have, two big pieces for the future. Not a time you want to be losing recruits. I mean, that no. those classes are all shored up and everything like that. That's not a time to, to want to reset that class. 
and I think this is something that's been brought up as well that I think is interesting is how hands-on Steele is as a recruiter. I think there is less susceptibility uh, in those kind of situations um, because Steele's so hands-on. I mean, he's as hands-on of a recruiting head coach as you'll see in college basketball. And so I think that helps as well. But Jonas, I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. Jonas is the reason we're in, we're in Georgia. I mean, let's call it what it is. Right. And we're getting some stud talent out of Georgia. Like we had, and I just that's... want to make Jonas Hayes memes all day long. Like he's my he's my favorite thing ever. It, it would just be more of like a like it would just suck losing Jonas Hayes. Like he's a gem, dude. I want to keep Jonas as long as we possibly can. And we've been saying that for years. Like it's we know it's coming. You know you know at some point we're gonna lose him, but we just don't like, can't have it now. It's kind of like what stunk is we never really got like a I guess we got our Bill Murray moment. We you know with the Elite Eight, like that was an awesome moment. I want my Jonas Hayes moment. I just want to see Jonas Hayes like freaking out. Like I want to see it. He deserves a moment. I just want a big picture of him cheesing in a, you know, Xavier running man pullover. Like, I just want, I, I just want Joe Hayes to like get something because he's been so great to us. You know, I want him to get like something awesome out of the experience too. That's one thing that sucks about Carter and we'll get off Xavier in a second, but like, that's what sucks about Carter is like, it, it kind of hurts me when like transfers come in and they don't have like a great experience. Like his experience right. was probably pretty shitty. You know what I mean? And part yeah, of that yeah. is, is the individual, but a lot of, I think he got a really, really tough go. At, like on social media between the lines people are brutal <laughs> he didn't like i can guarantee he did not have a good time no probably not, not. Right. i think part of him is probably really just happy to go back to athens back to something that's very familiar and i mean he was an absolute stud in the mac too and travis Steele, even when jason carter first transferred transferred here was saying yeah if Jason Carter stayed at OU, he'd be the Mac player of the year every year. And so, I mean, I, I think he's going to do really well. Obviously, Mac competition and Big East competition is not congruent. It's the opposite of congruent, which is the opposite. Uh, incongruent. The op- incongruent. Incongruent. Yeah, there we go. We're an English podcast now. Vocab for so- fucking idiots. Isosceles. <laughs> I don't know. That's something, but. Anyways, I think it'll be cool to see him back there. I think it's cool, too, with all of, like, there's several players that have transferred back to their previous school. It's kind of like free agency. I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's like LeBron going back to Cleveland, except yeah. it's on a bigger scale because, yeah. I mean, what could get bigger than this? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good opportunity for him. And I think hopefully it kind of, like, takes off the, the mental blockages that he had here. I think just with Xavier, too, I think what Steele's trying to do is just have so many weapons on the court at the same time, like, I think they're going to play through Carter. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's going to allow him to play with a lot more confidence. Um, but just massive news for Xavier all the way around. I'm interested to see what they do in the transfer market. Obviously, I think Ben Stanley has kind of been a piece uh, that's been forgotten about a little bit. Um, but obviously, we're expecting Ben Stanley back. I don't think that's a huge defensive uh, addition. Um, but I am interested to see what we're looking at. And it sounds like with the transfers that have been targeted, it's a lot of those like wings, six, seven, three, four type of guys. So I'm Brady, Manic. Dude, I would love to have Manny. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, uh, but I'd love to have Manny. I'm Obviously, slowly convincing myself as possible, Yeah, which is dangerous. I mean, how dangerous would that be to, like, to have as a kickout option for Scruggs? Like, oh, my dude. God. And, can and he's can not we tweet bad. it into existence? To the save every day. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. It's definitely on the, uh, on the agenda. Like that's definitely one that's coming down the pipeline as far as uh, if it gets approved or denied, I really want that one to get approved to be tweeted and do as it exists for sure. Man, we'll work man on bro, it. he'd look good in his Avery jersey. That'd be so awesome. Where is, where is the transfer portal? Maybe we can go yeah. to the transfer portal and like kind of campaign out there, hold up signs or something. 
I think you need I a don't remote. Know, bring him food. I think it's in. Uh, I think oh. it's in Tulsa. Yeah, you either need like a remote. Where the hell is Tulsa? Or do, have you, do you know Doctor Strange? Not personally. Oh, okay, he can take you there too. I've heard. Okay. So yeah. yeah, we'll work on it. Can we tweet well, that into existence? Just to go in there. I mean, I also need to bring masks. It's busy. It could. It could be tampering, though, of sorts. I don't know. We'll have to see if it's a violation or not. Yeah, tamper. I was thinking it. We were all thinking it. Thank you, Andy. Uh, the best ones are the ones that make no sense. I'll definitely uh, take that to my grave. Uh, but Coop, I'll definitely we'll talk to uh, we'll talk to some people. See what we can do about that. All right. I like your head. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard it's cold though, so just make sure you bundle up. Mm. Um, okay, so speaking of cold. Snowpening day happened, and this is where uh, Cap exits the chat. Um, so opening day happened. I, I called it a, a Cap Industries miracle, just seeing snow. Uh, nothing makes me happier than, than snow on opening day. Um, what did you guys think? It sounds like there's a lot to be excited about uh, from a Reds perspective. I mean, speaking of the – you talk about the snow. Like, I remember I was driving to, to the banks, full-on snowstorm. Like, snowflakes, you can't see outside. It's just a fucking – it's God. a blizzard out there. Like we get to go watch baseball. It is baseball season. Baseball, yeah. And then we get there. There's just a line out the fucking door at ten o'clock in the morning. Line out the ass. I stood in line for five and a half hours outside. Oh my. That was not a idea. hell of an experience. And we were like third in line. I stood. I was third in line for about two hours of it, and then first in line for three and a half hours. <laughs> to get into a bar? To get into a bar. Just had to wait for someone to, to leave. That's Sheesh. Awful. I finally Good got a seat about 345. Should have camped The out. Holy Grail or something? Yeah, the Holy Grail. Uh, Hell of an experience, years. but damn, it was cold. Too mainstream. I will tell you that they, it produced some really cool pictures, though. I mean, who, who was that? Was that the Indians or someone? Where, like They had like that home run in the snow. That was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and the uh, Tigers, too. Tigers, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, Cabrera, yeah. that's the one I was thinking of. That shit was fucking dope. Um, but obviously, cool opening day. Coop, what'd you do for opening day? Uh, I sat on my couch and watched it. Smart you know, I, I didn't go. <laughs> I avoided the crowds, although I am vaccinated now and I'm fearless. But, <laughs> fearless. you know, the cool, the cool thing about baseball, when you think about it, see, Cap, I don't understand why you don't like it. Baseball is just trying to complete running in a square. The more completed squares that you've ran equals one run, which is like one point. So the more squares you complete, that team wins. I don't see how that's not exciting. And then it's like you get the whole pitching aspect. Maybe that's more of your thing. And it's like, okay, well, the goal is to pitch inside of an invisible square. And if it's not in that square, then, hey, that player gets to get one-fourth of that square. It's all about squares. I'm more of a, and, more of a circle guy, Coop. Keep your squares okay, about see, your circles. That makes sense. It's a That's why you like you. bouncing. Yeah. You like basketball because the balls are round. Right. Okay, right. yeah. It's a geometry. See, I, I, we, don't, we don't shape shape, shape shame here. Shape shame. Yeah, we don't shape Points shame. Yeah. But, yep, Reds, uh, I think, well, on pace to not win yet. Uh, they're on pace for 0-162. I don't think they'll lose every game, but I do think they will lose maybe half. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's about a 75 to 81 season. I'm, That's exactly I'm hoping what I'm ceiling. I see 85, but that the the pitching is a giant it, question mark. 
I've heard Coop's Twitter yeah, account is now a stand account. Would you like to speak on uh, who, you, yeah. who you currently stand? I currently stand Jonathan India, the rookie <laughs> from Florida, who Andy is wearing a Florida Gator shirt as we speak. I don't think it has anything to do with his sister at all. I think it is <laughs> to honor Jonathan India, the pride of Gainesville, who is now the Reds' starting second baseman, which second base is the position I played. So that's cool. He has cool hair and his walk-up music, as Patty V informed me, is the Pirates of the Caribbean song. So how could you not? Now that you can get me here for. I am, Where's not so much? That I'm, I'm in on that. See, I am absolutely wearing this Florida swimming shirt just for Jonathan India because he was a big-time swimmer as far as I know. I, he's never drowned, as, to my knowledge. So big-time swimmer. That's the goal swimming. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why that people is. do it. And like then you get he swam I guarantee at some point he swam across a rectangle, uh, more shapes, but yeah. that dude's gonna be oh, a yeah. stud. He had that he had that double. Was, I think it was like a second at bat. Uh, yeah. had that double down yeah, the line. Second. Then ropes a single in his very next at bat. His approach to the plate is like he's so mature up there. He's not. He, he does not yeah. look like a rookie. He's up there. He's um he's being efficient with the pitches he swings at, and he's got a real quick the hands right at the ball motion. He's going to be a stud. I'm so glad we moved the infield around, even though it ended up with a terrible shortstop playing shortstop. But we did that to get Jonathan India in the lineup. Yeah. And it's, it's, going, to do, it's going to be great things. I'll sacrifice some defense for some offense any day. I mean, defense can only take you so far in baseball. I know it can lose you games. But if you don't have the bats, you don't. You have no chance, as we've learned the hard way in years past. But, yes. I mean, honestly, like the lineup, I think there's only really – I mean, the catching position, Barnhart, his bat is – I'm not expecting any improvement. Tyler Stevenson, I think, is going to be fun to watch. I think he'll be an improvement there. But, I mean, overall, top to bottom, it's a pretty decent lineup as long as they can stay consistent. And then the bullpen – I think it's solid. going to be, yeah, better than average. And then the starting rotation, Casillo will be fine. Yesterday sucked, but he'll get it together in sunny gray. Like, but how, much stock can that, you, how much stock can you um, put into opening day in 30 degrees? You can't pitching, because you can't really. sunny gray's first game with the Reds, it was like 35 degrees against, I think it was Pittsburgh. It was like game two of the, what was that, 2018 season? And um, no, I think he was, gave up like, was it 2018 his first year with the Reds or 19? Yeah, 19. And uh, oh, he had right. a really poor performance, and everybody right. was writing him off after one game. And it's Wait, like, they, hey, they were like, get out of town. 35 degrees. <laughs> 35 yeah, degrees like, we raining. For this guy, like, come on. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, you can kind of just throw the first week out the season with stats and everything. Obviously, you have to win or you'll just take yourself out of contention. Right, we, we can't start one and eight again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a killer. That's a little like, dark too. My my big thing, know. my big thing is the fact that there's so many question marks in the starting rotation right now. Like, I don't know how I feel about Jose De Leon as talented a pitcher he, as he is. I don't. He doesn't. I don't know if he has um, the the pitching repertoire to consistently go six, seven innings. If if not, like he might be a five inning guy, which is not good. When right. and you're just gonna wear out your bullpen, so like I, it's okay if a starter doesn't go six innings, but you need him to at least 
out there, go out there with the plan of him going six or seven. And I think another thing that will help us a lot, David Bell needs to dial it back a little bit uh, from what he's done in the last two years, kind of over-managing to an extent, pulling players, going through his whole bench by the sixth inning, and then your catcher gets hurt and you don't have a catcher to replace him because you've used all your bench players and using your entire bullpen. And then, hey, guess what? The game's an extra innings, so you have – a middle relief guy pitching four innings. Like, I, I if he dials it back a, a little bit. So, like, right right on that note, I was cussing up a storm. I didn't know Senzel got hurt on his diving catch. So, I yeah. see, like, the fifth inning, um, Tyler Nakin's up, which Tyler Nakin's a good hitter. But, Jesus Christ, I'm like, you're already making substitutions? Like, yeah. Where does it – where's the line? But, like, I mean, my without the knowledge of Senzel being hurt – that's a very valid thing for me to think because that's something he's done in the past. I, I distinctly remember oh, yeah. a game last year where he tinkered with the lineup so much to where we ended up coming back and we had the winning run at the plate with two outs. So those bases loaded, but we didn't have – it was the pitcher spot up. Oh, no, we didn't have a pitcher spot. No, we uh, there's a DH. But we right. ended up in a position where Christian Cologne, our notably worst hitter, was up – with the bases loaded, two outs, game on the line, and he was the winning run. Like uh, the winning run was on second. Holy shit! It was even better. It was even worse. Like we we're right there, yeah. right there in striking distance. I mean, I think if you could go back and kind of look at some games over the last two years, and I mean, I overall I like David Bell, but I think he's probably cost the Reds upwards of five to ten games per season based on just over managing and I get why he's doing it but I get the analytics but like I understand the analytics like especially when in a position where if you're facing left-handed pitcher you want the right-handers in there but when the right-handers just can't hit worth a shit or they swing a toothpick like Kyle Farmer should not be your starting first baseman just because there's a left left handed pitcher it it should not that should not be the case and uh I just want to finish up with this cap. We're almost done. David Bell gives players scheduled off days and he comes up with them weeks in advance. And a player could be having a hot streak and hitting like 400 over their last eight games. And then he's off. And they'll ask him, why was Nick Castellanos off today? And he says, it's a scheduled off day. And that's it. Yeah. But, it's, you know, he it's went, predetermined. He's hitting 10 for 15 this, this week. But Doesn't you know, t- t- it's getting too hot. Time to cool him down. Which that guy right there, for the entire game. <laughs> that it's guy right Nick. there, Nick Castellanos is the guy we need. We need to lock him up for a while. The bad flip. That the emotion he brings is, it's it's absolutely amazing, and he has he has that player option. We need to make him happy because we need these extra two years of him. He brings emotion and leadership. He was railing uh, Tyler Stevenson. He made a huge base running error that cost us a run to bring it up. Like right. they, they could have cut the lead in half. I guess uh, it, it went from instead of 13-6, it went 13-7, big time. But that was that was a huge run right there. That uh, that an inning where we had bases loaded. And Nick Cassianos just laid into him about it. Because he just made a stupid mental blunder. I love that he's gonna hold he's gonna hold guys accountable no matter who they are. I mean, because Tyler Stevenson is a very well loved 
player in the right. dugout and by the fan base, and he's going to be a big part of the future. And he just – Nick Cassianos didn't give a fuck. He laid into him. Hey, at least it wasn't the Cody Bellinger situation with the home run. <laughs> Wait, what situation? Okay, so – this is going to be incredibly boring for anyone who doesn't like baseball that's listening, but here's what happened. So I think it was Justin Turner was on first base and Cody Bellinger hits a deep fly ball into left field and the outfielder kind of catches it, but then it goes out of his glove over the fence. It's a home run, but Justin Turner, who is on first base was going to second thought that he caught the ball so he ran back to first to tag up or just to get back safely bellinger knew he hit a home run so he rounded first they crossed paths out bellinger was in front of the lead runner that means automatic out and it was a two-run home run but that counts as an out so bellinger's no longer there and a run scores so it was a single, it was a home run, and it was an out in one play <laughs> Ouch. on opening day during a pandemic. In this economy? I know. It's sad. That's, it's so sad. It's fucking unreal. Well, boys, that was a hell of a breakdown. I think I, – I hope I hope the Reds run rectangles more times. Squares, I'm sorry. Yes, square, it has to be a square. square. Well, it's like, that's like a – Diagonal square, so it's more like a diamond. Well, a diamond. It's, a rectangle. It's, a diamond. It's, it's just a tilted rectangle, uh, yeah. tilted square, if you will. Um, I must I'm, say, yeah. I love the fact that Castiano's absolute bomb was a deep drive into left field yesterday. Oh that, yeah, it's you're poetic justice. Poetic. <laughs> Twitter big was up. awesome. That, that's awesome. I it love was. to see it. Um, I'm expecting a big year from Austin Kearns. We we will see. Um, okay, boys. The biggest story in Cincinnati by far has been none other than Michael Walter Cronin. Uh, he fucking did the thing. He went from the first four of the final four. He's already won five games in the NCAA tournament, which is pretty impressive. Um, he did the thing, boys, and I don't know Wait, if anyone can So has it. he now – he's officially surpassed J.P. Makira in, ter- in tournament yeah, wins. In one season. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah I think I wow. saw a stat that was like 5-0 and at UCLA and I think like 4-13 and everywhere else in yeah. the tournament. Like just fucking nuts like what he's done and how much he's leveled up. Um, a guy clearly getting past a toxic relationship and leveling up in his life, yeah. and uh, we all love to see that. Man, what the hell do you guys think of that? A big W for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Hang the oh, banner. Right. I'm, I mean, they're probably putting the shirts and hanging the banner already. Um, holy fuck. And then, obviously, uh, I mean, I don't know where you stood on it, Coop. It was hard to root for the guy, but, like, I, I could find myself, as much as I wanted to play into the joke, it was hard to root for Mick Cronin. Like, I – we fuck around with him, but like I don't like him. You know what I mean? He's been such a douchebag his entire and fucking career. I, I'm all for the Mick content. I'm like I'm pretty indifferent. Yeah, uh, I mean, when it comes to Mick Cronin, but it's like, just hard so, to like get actually root for Mick Cronin. At, at no point was ever like did him winning or losing affect my right. mood. Um, so I was pretty much like you know it'd be funny as shit if we got more Mick Mick content. It'd be funny as shit if he made it to the Final Four and uh, in his first tournament outside of Clifton. Absolute gold mine, but do I really want him to win? Not really. That just yeah, has no effect on me. Less, dude. Like I think he's actually got legitimate, decent talent. You know what I mean? Not like crazy talent, but he's always done more with less. I mean, those UC teams were decent, but like he was making them pretty good out of just like whatever. I, will say, I mean, like we talk about how he's a bad coach. I mean, that's not true. 
I, I think I think he's shown that he's a capable coach. I think he's a good coach. I think he's just yeah. been horrible in big games and big moments, which is mo- mostly why I didn't see this coming. Yeah, I, I'm completely shocked. Like, because uh, we all, we always joke that it's a, it's an easy money to bet against Mick Cronin in March. And like it, that seemed to be true. Like at the toward the end of the season, like they stumbled into the tournament, and but and I mean, I mean, he stole the month name from fucking Tom. I mean, but they easily could have been eliminated in the first round. I mean, it was. Oh I yeah, mean, they were down eleven at halftime. Yeah, MSU had them done. So this could easily be a non-narrative. But so um, is it really January, February, Cronin? <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> But yeah, I think also, so. in conjunction with that, UC fans claiming this is a huge W for them, uh, a Final Four by proxy. I think the the probably the biggest tweet we saw going around was like Final Fours, like Mick Cronin won Xavier Zero. And I just love that uh, you know you're claiming Mick Cronin Ws at a different school um, <laughs> as as your own. Um, and I I don't know about you guys. I mean, it, it was painful to to see Chris Mack not make the tournament, and yeah. um, they're gonna have to put that up in Stintos. Detrimental to the Xavier program. Kill it. Right. Absolutely kill it. But you know, Pac Telsey made the tournament, so yeah. So take some big dubs. Yeah. <laughs> it really does not make sense going back to that tweet though, saying or I mean it yes, it is factual. Mick Cronin does yeah. have more final fours, but and no Xavier fan UC, is gonna deny like, it. Yeah, and but you see claiming it as like a win of their own to an extent, it's just so bizarre. I mean, think about if you put it in a different context, like you think, I don't know, let me think of an example real quick. Do you think Florida celebrated when Urban Meyer won a national championship? It's like, hey, Urban Meyer won more championships in Georgia or yeah, something. Utah like, did. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, I threw a Utah, Okay, that Utah probably did. Forward. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, okay, my one year I spent at Bowling Green was the year Ohio State won the national championship. Urban Meyer began his coaching career at Bowling Green. Bowling Green is about as mid-major as you can get. And people were celebrating the win. Obviously, it's still a lot of Ohio State fans, but Urban Meyer was, like, celebrated on campus because even though it was, like, 15 years ago that he coached there, it was like, hey, one of our own it's like a national championship college football coach. But here's the thing about that. It's a very mid-major way to think. It is, and we all knew it, but also on campus that day, it was the very first day of the new semester. Everyone's coming back from winter break. It's national championship day, and no one wears like Bowling Green stuff around campus very often. It's all Ohio State stuff, and I mean, there's actually a lot of Michigan fans up there too, but national championship game it's all Ohio State stuff so my question is at UC or people wearing UCLA hoodies because in my understanding UCLA is a regional campus and is that correct yeah University of Cincinnati at Los Angeles yeah so I think maybe we can even start a GoFundMe we buy a bunch of UCLA Bruins hoodies t-shirts hats and send them to Clifton (laughs) Right, right up there with the uh, um, UC Big Twelve shirts. <laughs> UC Big Twelve shirts. We make those. Sweet Sixteen shirts from the Nevada season uh, when those went out at halftime and they were up like eighteen. Yeah, I mean, just as Sugar Bowl close, champion shirts. I mean, especially too when, and I mean, like, and UC fans are dunking on us for going to the NIT or like being an NIT level team. It's like, 
bro, your program's in fucking shambles. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know where you're, you know what I mean? That's just like the boldness of that, of that, like the audacity. Yeah, they always just have that shit. And it's like, yeah, like you made one run in 1996 at this point is the most recent one i think 1992 oh no 96 was the elite I think eight 316 in, in this this century uh, i think um, to yeah. 2002 and 2000 what was that 2011 to 2012 or some shit i think I don't they got care. one with Cronin. one with Cronin, one per decade like, maybe yeah. one in the early the beginning part of the century but like just nuts to just like cling to that shit like it fucking still matters and like yeah like it happened like don't get me wrong that's but, a like, great accomplishment once you're moving past like 20 25 years of something happening it's just really not that relevant to the modern day i'm like yeah, yeah it's in the program's history for sure but like i like that that one bear cast by 90 fucker that was threatening to kill all of us <laughs> <laughs> Uh, really mature of him. How'd that go, by the way? You showed up, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I went right out there, yeah. uh, shirt off, ready, ready to ready to tussle. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, there that clearly comes – like, why would you just want to fight if everything's going great? You know what I mean? Like, that's right. I, so, right. Uh, things are going so well for you right now that you're – that you want to fight a bunch of people on the internet. <laughs> You want to fight sweeter than candy Piccarello. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you would think there'd be like levels to this shit. You know what I mean? Like that, would, that would be like seven, eight, nine, ten levels down. You know what I mean? Like wanting to fight sweeter than candy Piccarello on Twitter. It's right there I, in the name. Things can't be going that great. Um, but it, it's just insane to me. But anyway, kind of moving on to the Cincinnati news right now. Like, I don't know if you guys saw this. Like, I think this was like an hour or two ago. Jeremy Rouch tweeted um, that the administration has not talked to John Brandon since March since March fourteenth. Yeah, they've been boxing them out. Uh, yeah, like they've apparently run some investigation, and I don't know what kind of investigation involves not interviewing people. <laughs> well, I mean, I, we all know what it <laughs> yeah. is. I, I think if you read the writing on the wall, it's you know we want we want to fire him. We can't pay out the buyout. We're trying to find a reason to fire him without yeah. paying the buyout. With but you got to interview him to do that. <laughs> you would think, dude. It's a shit show, bro. Like it is really, really, really bad. The guy's name starts with John. I'm blanking on his last name right now. John Cunningham. At um, whole John Cunningham. Oh, the AD over there is absolutely shitting the bed. I mean, like. You already have a zero-man recruiting class, and recruiting classes have been done for, at this point, a year. Like, now you're doing the 2022 class. Your whole 2021 class is nothing. I think they actually just got a zero-star. Some, some they did. Player. They did get a zero-star, unranked, big-time. Four time. or five players. But, like, it's bad. Like, obviously, you're not going to be making any moves in the program. Like, while it's in this state, no one's going to commit no. right now. Like, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get more transfers and decommits. But uh, I will say, if they do um, – if they do fire Brandon, they probably get a lot of people back. Uh, Terry Eason likely would come back if John Brandon is fired. That I just has. Don't know that, how, I mean, obviously Brandon's not going to coach there ever again, but there's no way they're going to be able to to make this happen without the buyout, right? Like, um, it's got to be legally. It's got to be something huge, and if it was something huge, I feel like they would have something. Like I, I think they're just digging for scraps. They're just trying to like. They're trying to find. Players. They're trying to put together like you cussed at this player on a Thursday, and right. then um, looked in the direction of a nineteen-year-old girl um, yeah, that's after a game. That's a nightmare. And then like, and then too, it's like it's not going to be an easy like coaching search either. I would think. Like I don't know who would want. It's kind of like how. 
IU and UCLA have treated their coaches over the last 15, 20 years. It's like, who's going to want to step into that job right away? You know what I mean? I'm sure that they'll get some interest, maybe from a former, a former player, but like, if you're an outsider, like, I don't think that's going to be a super, <laughs> like, that's not going to be a position that's going to be sought you, after. You're like. either a, a former player or you're a low major head coach and just looking for and any Pat opportunity. Yeah, Pat Kelsey's gone. Like he's, he's right. in cock right now. Pat Kelsey's not walking right. through that door. No. Oh. No, but what's going to happen is, I mean, they're definitely trying to find any little thing they can to say, hey, this violated all the political jargon we had in your contract. Now your buyout is reduced by this much or whatever. But I think eventually it's going to happen somehow, some way there's going to be kind of um, they're, they're going to settle for a lesser amount for both sides. I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know if it'll be like happening very like cleanly or if there's no going to be things behind closed doors That's the thing. It's, but gonna it's gonna happen soon it's definitely going to happen there's no way he can i mean knowing hey we don't want you to be our coach here we're actively trying to get you to you know get you fired and not pay you the money we promised that we'd pay you <laughs> like obviously he's he doesn't want to be there either at this point but and he'll find somewhere else, not not in the head coaching capacity. I wouldn't imagine, but too. yeah, if I was John Brand, yeah. and as long as the accusations weren't anything too off the wall, I'd be like, fuck it. What Just I'm hearing right now is the biggest thing they have is that they may have like they may have recorded practice hours incorrectly or something like that. Like that is not a five point two five million dollar buyout. You, like killer hey, and you gotta is, get him out of, he, he belongs in jail right i know and this is two weeks into the investigation and it said may or may not have violated yeah. practice hours like you don't even have that you know what i mean like this is going to be a horrible process for them and I, I don't and also too i don't think john brand is just going to take this line down I'm like all right cool you know what i mean I'll like, oh you owe me out let's let's work something out you know what i mean like i think it's going to be something that looms over them for a while it's going to be messy and they're going to have a court thing. It's going to be a whole a whole bullshit that you don't want. You're going to loom over the program, and then whoever steps in, kind of like what Mac had to do at Louisville, step into a shitty situation. I mean, it, there, there it's Louisville. Yeah, it's a little bit different. It's not Louisville in a shitty situation. It's not you seeing a shitty situation. Uh, but then you got to step in. You got to answer all these dumb questions. I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bitch. Then their next year to, and whoever takes it over has got a fucking assignment. Like it's going to be a, a year or two year at least to get even back to competitive, in my opinion. I think next year they're going to be a train wreck. Like, I don't think they're going to be a bottom fourth. I think they're going to be a bottom 80% AAC team next year. Remember the famous Mick Cronin quote where he said he's going to talk with Luke Fickle and he's going to have football players come in and try out for the team? Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, if you're a walk-on on the football team and you at least know how to shoot a basketball and that's it, you can dribble with one hand, then, I mean, hey, you might have a shot. It's I think ultimately what's going to get John Brandon fired is his affiliation with Russia and being a Russian spy. And there's more developing on that, and you will find out soon. And there is a video to prove it. Source? Uh, I don't I don't know the source that gave it to him. It's just, just one say, of my reporter friends. Can I say, and this has nothing to do with anyone here. Can I just say that on my favorite comment – on Paul Scruggs's tweet with Marcus Walton. <laughs> like, he's the one saying that he's coming back. Literally me, Paul Scruggs. Paul Scruggs. 
the player announcing it. That was easy. My favorite <laughs> And I wonder if in Marcus's wildest dreams, he imagined that account blowing up the way that it has. Like, that account I, I, I was really waiting for the Paul Scruggs has announced he's going to return to uh, return to Xavier at Marcus Walters' one head at first. <laughs> that would have been a, a dream come true for Marcus. I think it'll happen eventually, just not with Paul Scruggs. <laughs> right, for source. Dude, and then what, my last thing on that, how much – like, you know that kid that loves Paul Scruggs that everyone tweets about? Yes. He's old now. Dude. That shows how, how long Scruggs has been here. He was a t- he was like a little he was dude. Like, he was like a toddler. Yeah. I know. He's like and a The kid's dude. driving. I know. <laughs> He's got a beard. Maybe um, that's going to be uh, one of the – a good topic is uh, on a slow news day, we'll come up with things that have happened since Paul Scruggs first committed to Xavier. I love it. This is going to be a new segment on the Roblox podcast. Things that have happened since it's going to be a uh, a Roblox staple. Um, mm-hmm. I just thought that was nuts, and and it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, and then too, Xavier, a big news. Jonas Haystay input, I think, is massive. If that happens this year, um, just for the immediate future and everyone going forward. But also, and huge ahead. news: Kiki Tandy commenting on Paul Scruggs Instagram post oh, with the double eyes emoji. I, I so. can't take it anymore. We get the biggest news, the biggest offseason news we've had since Trayvon Blue comes back. Five seconds later, Kiki. Like, bro, like, just enjoy Paul Scruggs for five seconds. Like, this is huge news. It's like, even it. if Kiki were to come back, I mean, it's oh. – it's, 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 it's at a crowded position. It's no – It's likely going to be – It's it was last year. It's likely going to be the same situation. He played, like, three minutes a game down the stretch. Like – it's just I, I want that meme of like that dude like slapping the button. It's like Paul Scruggs commits five seconds later, Kiki. <laughs> like, bro, it's just insane. Like, people are obsessed with Kiki Tandy. Like, I was obsessed. I was upset with CJ. Like, and I, I would love right. Kiki in perfect world. I just don't think it's a fit. At this point, no. It, I don't even know how much the staff would even be like. Like, I don't know what kind of spot he would even have at this point. I'm sure they'd honor the scholarship. Oh, but... oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, he was on the team for a reason. Like, it's not yeah. like we don't we don't like him. And like, I would love his future. And I think he improved. Like, in, in my he mind, he definitely did improve, especially like his uh his mentality and like you know, his his buying in. He bought it a lot more from uh, November to January, yeah. a lot more. This is just Captain Xavier's opinion. Like, I would I would be like, let's go. You know what I mean? Let's run it back in my in my rotation. He'd be getting ten to fifteen a game easily. Um, I, I just mm-hmm. think that it's kind of writing on the wall from the staff, big games down the stretch, not even getting a minute. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that kind of shows that they favor Adam Kunkel. Maybe it was Ben Johnson and Travis steals here and says, Hey, don't put Kiki in. And then Ben Johnson goes to Minnesota. All of a sudden you see Kiki wearing Xavier stuff everywhere, posting <laughs> Xavier videos, commenting on Paul Scruggs stuff. Was Ben Johnson the problem? Roll Blob Podcast is here to find out. <laughs> Was Ben Johnson the problem? At I Mark think the people Paul are asking. Dude, ben one of two up. things, either yes or no. 50-50 chance. 50-50 shot. Yeah. Yeah. You play the odds. Yeah, I mean, the odds be ever in your favor. Um, and then I also loved – all right, so I thought that North Carolina was trolling us. Like, who schedules an announcement – and I'm probably going to shit on Xavier in a second too. Who schedules a retirement for April <laughs> fucking Fool's Day? And, like, it happened to be legit, Ridiculous. but it's, like, 
it, that's like proposing to your wife or, or like propo- proposing to your fiance April Fool's Day. Like, hey, I got this big thing I'm going to do. You know what day I should do it? April fucking one. You know <laughs> I mean, like who thought that was a good idea? Um, and I'm kind of talking to Xavier here. Man, I've had my ins and outs. I was pissed. With Xavier Brasper. That was so fucking dumb. Who the fuck thought that I was, was a good idea? So I was drunk as shit in 30-degree weather. Uh, waiting to get in the Holy Grail, and I see a big announcement. I'm waiting for Paul Scruggs news nudes. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I'm, I'm waiting for the Paul Scruggs. I see big announcement at three o'clock. Oh, and I was okay, like, this is there's it. There's no way Paul would do it this way. Like Paul wouldn't be yeah. like, I'm gonna. I'm like, XU Athletics had it first. <laughs> but like, there's gonna be something. And then I look, nothing. We're on TikTok. Deleted the tweet you. for like an hour and a half, bro. Fuck them, dude. Like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> XU Athletics. Like, I tweeted at him today after Paul Scruggs committed. Like, hey, you got anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come down the pipes. Like, that was so fucking dumb. Especially for a fan base that's been – we've been getting shat on for three years straight. You know what I mean? Just continually underperforming. Like, and we're about to get good news in Paul Scruggs. Like, I think everyone knows that's, like, coming down real soon one way or the other. Like, bro, fuck that. That was so – that was such a bad look. Uh, it's a terrible joke too. I don't care that you're on TikTok. Yeah, no. who cares? I'm not gonna follow. I'm gonna block him on TikTok, <laughs> honestly, at this point. And then another thing too, like, okay, if you want to do an April Fool's joke, like, whatever, that's fine. But do it like everyone else does, and just tweet your stupid picture of like fake uniforms. Be like the roll blob with the his tongue sticking out, the number one on it, like our new jerseys, whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, that's great. But don't be like, oh, we have an announcement. Then delete the tweet and then say, oh, sorry, we had a joke, but got scared. Follow us on TikTok. Like that wasn't – I don't think that was the announcement. And I don't know. It's just a no, weird – That was uh, definitely not the announcement. It was poor PR. Like t- like it was like poor – a poor move like four times. Like four individual bad moves. Um, just I, I feel like they made the TikTok just to save face. It's like we have to do something. What we have to say, uh, I don't know, dude. Something like, huge. TikTok. Yeah, it was fucking horrible. Like, that was clearly not what they had. Guys, we're on Twitter now. Follow us. Can we just say April Fool's <laughs> is such a Mickey Mouse holiday? Like, is this 2002? Like, it's not funny. Like, April Fool's fucking sucks. Although my no. friend did get me pretty good. Well, I mean, it's one thing in person, like someone you know, but like, I hate social media April Fool's. Oh, yeah. It sucks ass. What? How'd your friend get you, Andy? All right, so we're in this Madden league. And um, so he, and he's the commissioner. We've been like kind of uh, throwing shit, like uh, inviting NFL players to join the league if we have um, a um, if if, he, if we have an opening. And he shot a message to Tyreek Hill like months ago. And everybody knew it, but like <laughs> not expecting anything to ha- happen. Then he uh, created a fake um, Twitter DM conversation with Patrick Mahomes about Patrick saying. Hey, bro, Tyreek told me that you have this Madden league. What do I got to do? I want in. <laughs> and you bought it. It looked dead, it looked real as hell. He sent it to the Discord uh, for the entire league. Been anyone other than the biggest name in all of football? And maybe in all of North American sports <laughs> I'm, outside I'm of literally like, games. I'm rolling on the ground like, holy shit. Anybody else in a Madden league? Uh, this was like 9 in the morning. So, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, he didn't even have time to register. See, I have a friend that basically makes, um, I don't want to say a living, but all of his tweets are April Fool's Day jokes throughout the other 364 days of the year. But I will say 
April Fool's Day, I have had one really good experience. And this was, it was the one of the first websites I wrote for. This was back in like 20, probably 2013. It's called Riverfront Ball. It's now a, a defunct site, but it's part of um, Sports Illustrated Network and stuff. It's about just Cincinnati sports in general. But I asked my editor if I could write a bullshit article for April Fool's Day. He's like, yeah, just go for it. Just maybe at the bottom, right? Obviously, this is fake. It's April Fool's. And it was uh, Cincinnati Bengals getting relocated to L.A. That was and you? Was, yeah, that was me. And I was, was screaming. Before, yeah, a lot of people were. That was my first like article that got that, that got like well over a hundred thousand. I was literally about to day. like talk about that earlier about this terrible April Fool's jokes with social media, how the Bengals moving to LA that yeah that tipped me off. Well, I put in the article Mike Brown saying that you could root for the Browns or the uh, Colts. He doesn't care who, and he's like LA just makes more sense. And I said that he would hold a press conference the next day at 4.60 p.m. And people still were sharing it like crazy. People complaining on Twitter. I typed in Bengals LA on Twitter. Um, I mean, people were going off on the Bengals. And uh, yeah, it was a great feeling, though. I, was I, think that, there. I think that's where Marcus got his inspiration, truly. It was just like seven years later. So Coop Ledford inspired Marcus Walters. I like to hear first. So. Breaking news in the Roll Blob podcast. That's for a source <laughs> in that article. Yeah. Four sixty p.m. Yeah, funny. I just remember reading that uh, article. I read the entire thing like twice, looking for where it makes any sense. And then I'm just getting more mad. And this is like when I had real bad anger issues. Hey, this is uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I I'm just getting so pissed and emotional about uh the Bengals. Imagining the the city of Cincinnati without the Bengals. Addition by subtraction. <laughs> That's wonderful. That actually made my night. You're probably like Mike Brown, that fucking asshole. You wouldn't do it at 460, you fucker. <laughs> I've dinner plans at 460. You fucking would, you piece of shit. You would hold it at 4.60 p.m., you asshole. That was probably at 9 a.m. as well. Uh, that's fucking great. But also, too, I mean, bold on North Carolina as well to announce Roy Williams, other than other than fucking uh, Dean Smith, their, their best coach of all time, maybe still the best coach of all time, retiring, which is huge, which is going to be a shockwave, by the way. I mean, like, someone's going to take that North Carolina job. Someone's going to take that job. Someone's going to take that job. That's going to be a huge shockwave. That is a, a major, major opening. Um, wait, but anyway, but I thought it was... Wait, no one's going to take the unemployed spot of Wojo after he takes North Carolina. You may be right. You may be right. It's clearly Wojo's job for the taking. Um, I think he's holding out for the Duke job, though. He might have no better way to um, yeah. get there than um, destroying North Carolina. Good use North Carolina's a stepping stone. You're, you're right. And maybe he is trying to sort from within, get inside the belly of the beast. Who knows? Other option is Dave Lado. He is definitely yeah, not commodity. That'd be a good option. An interesting hire by default, too. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, it just sucks they let poor Moser go, bro. I don't mean maybe poor Moser didn't want it. Let him poor walk. They could have had him like three years ago, probably. Poor Moser's not good oh, enough. Yeah. For De- He's not good enough for DePaul. Yeah, I mean, he held out for Oklahoma, right? Looks like that's a done deal, right? It is, yeah, yes, I'd but I, so. I think that's after DePaul declined him. I mean, maybe a, yeah, maybe a slight upgrade from DePaul. Um, tough, tough. The L. sad thing is, 
there were like national media members tweeting like how has DePaul not hired him yet and it's like like obviously now no way would anyone leave Loyola for DePaul and trade like final fours NCAA appearances for seller dwellers of the Big East and especially now that Poly Poly Cap's not there I know right so at this point I mean you know what what's what What's this all for? I mean, Poly you know? Cap came to play for Dave Lato, so I think the only option is to hire Dave Lato. At this point, yeah. If you, can, you can get Lato back, Poly Polycap back, I think things could be different. Super senior Poly Polycap just screams, uh, first team all Big East, Big East championship, and yeah. you know, NCAA tournament 10 seed. A third of the Big East player of the year. <laughs> a, a fourth. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you know, I really, I really do believe Mar- Marcus Zagorowski should have been co 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 biggest player of the year. I mean, if you're gonna have co-co three of them, why the fuck not throw in Zagorowski? Right. <laughs> like fuck. Like I would have, I would have been okay if he didn't win it by himself. But like, if you're gonna throw players in a bucket, you gotta throw Zeg in there. Oh yeah. I just love the fact that um, at no point was one of the two people that didn't vote for one of those three like, I right, yeah, I'm just gonna change my vote. So I'm sure two people did vote for Zagorowski. Like, yeah, we can't have this. You know what? Fuck it. JRE, congratulations. That was so, that was so fucking stupid. That was so fucking stupid. That was bad. That was real, real bad. Especially when all of them were just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I don't feel like any – I don't know. Make a fucking call. Don't be a bitch. Uh, anyway, but I also thought it was interesting. Bill Self going against the Kansas propaganda. So Roy Williams is a great coach at Kansas – and finesses that into a lifetime contract, not two years after strippers and Snoop Dogg. Uh, I definitely respected that good business from Bill Self for sure. He really took advantage of the opportunity. I'm really proud of that. He did. He oh. had to. They had to, they had to lock him up. Like they let Roy go. They had to lock up Bill Self for life. Which I don't fucking. That play. is Bill Self. That is on. investing in oneself. Fat W. Fat W. So moving Oops. on. We're in the fourth quarter here. Um, we obviously have our final four matchups. Any big stories, anything jumping out to you as, as games go down, if, if you're listening to this today, uh, Saturday? So, I mean, uh, what are the matchups? Well, you, got, you got Houston and Baylor and mm-hmm. University of Cincinnati at Los Angeles versus Gonzaga. Dude, if Mick does this. That would be, oh, I, I think, geez. Hall of Fame. I don't know what I will do, but I will do something fucking crazy if Mick beats Gonzaga. All right, we got to do something. Yeah, I'll buy a UCLA shirt or something. I don't know. Is that crazy enough? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I'll I'll buy one of those fake Cincinnati Sweet Sixteen shirts. And I, I will if um, UCLA beats Gonzaga. (laughs) Bearcats by ninety gets to punch me in the face. (laughs) Oh, Oh, sheesh! Damn. Okay, there we go. He didn't. He's still recording. So bold strategy. Be careful. I don't know. You know, back in uh, whatever year that was, uh, when Xavier played Gonzaga in the Elite Eight, um, me and some coworkers were like, "Yeah, if Xavier wins and advances to the Final Four, we're all getting an X tattooed right on our shoulders." And like, we were all like pumped for it. We all like just foolishly thought we had a chance, and. Uh, as I'm watching the game, I, I was at, I think, TGI Fridays watching the game. And, uh, I mean, it was early on, but I was telling my friends I was with, I'm like, yeah, if Xavier wins, I, I'm getting the X logo tattooed. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, it's the final four. And it was like some friends that aren't like really big into basketball. And they're like, 
So you'd get a tattoo of your team just because they were one of the last four teams in a yeah, tournament. Last four in. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah. And uh, I was kind of getting nervous. I'm like, shit, if Xavier wins, I'm really like, I have to get a tattoo. But yeah, that you're, reminds you're a real me, stranger to tattoos. When Xavier, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I technically I do have several X's tattooed on me. I don't know if you can see that, but I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have nine total X's tatted on me. And Look a four? Do I see a four on there too? Uh, in Roman numerals, there's an yeah. IV. So if you need an IV, I mean, I've I've had IVs before. They really cured a hangover. That's good. I don't have a clue what I was talking about. Uh, um, but I, I'm taking uh, Gonzaga over UCLA, and if UCLA wins, I am buying a Bruin shirt, a Boston Bruin shirt. A Boston Bruin shirt. W. Fat W. Yeah, it's, it's going to be nuts. I mean, I think we're all expecting uh, the collision course of Baylor and Gonzaga, but crazy things have happened. Um, and and shouts to the American for having the only uh, – what was the stat? The only, the only conference with a – I don't know. What was it? A final four, the, the only conference in the final four that has a championship this decade. <laughs> <laughs> and that championship was brought to you by Big East newcomer, UConn. Hey, I love it, man. You got it. You got it. <laughs> spin zones, baby. Spin zones. I mean, can, oh, all right. Here's, here's my American take of the day. That, that, that tweet I saw, the American has, the, the American has a, final four, uh, a final four team the NIT champion and an automatic bid for uh, basically an, an automatic bid for a new year's six bowl every year. This is a power conference. There's no greater spin zone, no crazier take than using the fact that your second best team was the 69th best team in the country to claim yourself as a power conference. Andy POW six R bro. It's a power conference. <laughs> the Sunbelt <laughs> power. Dude, I thought it was nuts, too. I mean, obviously, Londo just sits on Twitter, and the second anything of the AC happens, just slides right back into conversations from March of 2018. But, like, bro, just, like, Houston, like, great. You have one program, all the big, like, all the big boys are asleep. Like, bro, and the AC had, in a, had a horrible year. Like, of horrible all the years year. to start going off, like, the AC sucked. An all-time terrible year for that conference. Literally, their second-best team is the NIT champion. Their second-best team. You're not don't don't tell me that Wichita State was better because they were not. They did not deserve to be in that tournament. But you are in a conference where your regular season champion gets a last four-in play-in game. Yeah. Where I and people talk about like the like. There's UC fans talking about how like they got that automatic bid, like they win the AC tournament, get that automatic bid. Well, if you and they're talking about how that's more impressive than a Big East regular season champion. Well, guess what? A Big East regular season regular season championship is an automatic bid. Yeah, you like a one or a two seed every year, every single year. Yeah, at, at the worst, a six seed. At, at the worst, on Barry. a bad year, it's a six seed. On a horrible in a horrible year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just think it's nuts. And then, too, like, all their programs are kind of falling apart. Like, UC was the flagship until probably two or three years ago with Houston. They're a nightmare. Memphis, I mean, I think we've clearly seen the, the Penny Hardaway thing is not, not working. I mean, definitely not to what anyone was expecting. Um, and that's IT, exactly what I expected. I mean, for what we expected. <laughs> well, like, yeah. if, you're, if you're an AST stand, this is not what you wanted. I mean, it's 
I think we see what it is. And AAC stand needs Memphis just like we need UConn and Villanova to be good. And then, like, Wichita State's solid, but they're not great. I mean, like, who's the number two to Houston? Like, Houston's great. And then also, too, that is such a commuter league. Like, the second anything better pops up for anyone in that league, which I think Houston might have an opportunity sometime soon. Whenever Big 12's going to be calling eventually. Yeah, like, and they will. They will. Yeah, that's they I, definitely will. Like, that conference is nothing. Like, it has no identity. Like, no one wants to be there. All we've heard from UC, the second they got in there was Big 12. Like, we're just trying to get to a big league. Like, no one wants to be there. Like, the second another conference comes calling, Houston's gone. And then you have nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Houston's definitely the next team to join a big conference. Because, yeah. I mean, facility-wise, they have – they can compete with that. And then football, I mean – they have Dana Holgerson who left West Virginia for Houston. And I feel like he probably knows a little bit more about that than, I mean, why would you leave a team like West Virginia, who's a pretty respectable power five football school for Houston. And then the basketball team, I mean, is as good as anyone, obviously at this point yeah. um, in comparison, but yeah, Houston definitely brand right now, probably. Yeah. And, and I and think Kelvin Sam's is there to stay be in a bigger conference. Yeah. Kelvin wants to yeah. be there. I mean, I do think they got lucky this year. I think that they were easily a Sweet 16 team. And I think if it wasn't for the pandemic and then also getting lucky and playing all double yeah. I mean, I'm exactly. not saying that Houston's not awesome. Houston is awesome. They're, they're a really, really good program. But they're not They're not a blue blood. I mean, that that would be over the line. No, they're, they're, not, even, they're not a new blood yet. Like they no, could they're, be. Not, they're not even a new blood. No, I mean, no. they got they had a good run for sure. Um, but like we just saw like with Texas Tech, for example, I mean, I think Kelvin's there to stay, but, you know, a good job opens up and then what's Houston? You know, um, and Houston has some background, like some history, but they pretty much took from like 1995 to like 2014 off. Well, you know I mean? Jim um, Nance went there. Not to brag. Hello, friends. I just found that out. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Um, Cougar. <laughs> yeah, dude, we do have a horny. Yeah, we, that was a horny game, though. That, that was definitely a horny game. We had, and we have more coming up. Uh, Cougar, Cougars, Beavers. We had Cougars and Beavers, which is a horny act. That's, that is That's just ideal. Yeah. Can't beat that. Yeah, if we can get a final four of like Cougars, Beavers, like Moorhead and fucking Oral, that's oh. that's final four of all time. It's a wet dream come true. Damn right it is. But it's gonna be interesting. I just like the AAC stands, bro. And like he'll just come out of fucking nowhere. And then too, like I don't think I ever respond. I think I finally responded to it after just like probably 40, 50, 60 replies. And then I respond once. He's like, Why are you so obsessed? I'm like, bro, you just blew my shit the fuck up. Like <laughs> What do you mean? But that was a funny snapshot, though. Like, just taking that screenshot of, bro, why are you so obsessed with a, with a fucking conference? Like, I'm just going to respond that to him every fucking time. <laughs> I, so I, I love the AAC. Like, we have a team in the Final Four. Yes, so does the WCC. Like, Houston was supposed to be there. They didn't come out of, like, they didn't come out of nowhere and get built by that conference. They were just, they're just really fucking good. I mean, I think Houston getting better yeah. had nothing to do with the AAC. I just think that Kelvin Sampson's a good coach. He's a good coach and, and he, brought in talent. After all the IU bullshit. Like yeah, so like, got back on his feet. And it took a while to build that Houston program for him. Like, he's yeah, been like, there for a little while now, hadn't he? Uh, it, it, it's been quite a bit. I think the biggest thing that happened for him that really helped him get over, the, get over that hump and reach that extra 2% is uh, Mick Cronin left. <laughs> Mick getting out of the way. <laughs> Who would have known? Yeah. Mick was the glue in so many situations. Mick was the glue at UC. He was holding Kelvin back, and he was all that UCLA needed. I mean, who who would have thunk it? 
to January, February, Cronin. I was not to start this much hep Cronin in my life over the past three weeks. It's just amazing how the media is like, wow, Mick Cronin has a dad. (laughs) What a concept. Like, Mick Cronin's like 50. Like, of course, like, I mean, oh, never mind. (laughs) Coop bailing out. Wow, Coop pulling an XU Athletics. uh, The leading. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have an announcement. Never mind. I don't know. That was fucking stupid. Yeah, XU Brass has been pissing us off a little bit with the uh, the killing the stream and then the stupid bullshit announcement. Get the fuck out of here. TBT would never. <laughs> no. Would never. Oh, that's what you should have done to combat that. I have like, an actually, we have an announcement, and that it is not an April funny. Fool's joke. That would have been pretty funny. Coop, you might need to be on the PR team. Um, I don't think I have anything else. It was just kind of fun to get back into it. And obviously, topics were stacking up. We took a mental health day. Um, good to be back in business. Honestly, a hell of a mental health week. Holy shit. It fucking was, bro. It has been a hell of a mental health week. Um, Don Juan for show. Um, good to get back at it, though. Anything else on your guys' brains? Blind stick? Always. <laughs> Points up for two. Andy Mutskis. But it was good to be back at it. Good to get back to the people with some stuff and some content and some things. We will be back. We're, we're probably always going to do two a week. I just think this week we were just fucking all exhausted. Yeah. People had more stuff happens. Yeah, like me- the mental health day from, from I guess, Tuesday going into Wednesday and then yesterday being shit-faced all day. Yeah, like I was, I had no energy for a podcast. I was, yeah, Andy was drunk in the snow. Like, we gotta, <laughs> gotta let the kid have a day. You know what I mean, then we're like, hey, we'll just lead all the final four shit. But, um, it was good to get back at it. Definitely, like, let us know if you have any feedback. We're kind of brainstorming format stuff right now, as far as Xavier and everything is concerned. Give us feedback if you have any feedback. We're good to be back in action, as always. I think podcasts are cool, boys. Any part, we're gonna do two podcasts a week, unless we don't. And it's there's a 50 50 shot we did two a week about it. That's it's pretty much it. We're on our own schedule. Coop sunglasses deal with it, gif in, in action right now. Facts. All right. Bye, you rascals. Get out of here. Yeah.